Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden, and you're listening to Queer Stories. Haja is an emerging writer and performer. She's part of the Finishing School Collective, a mentorship program based in the Parramatta Artist Studios. She's had her writing published in Kanatas News, in an installation for Parramatta Lanes Festival, and an audio installation for Unspoken Words. You may have seen Haja in the TV series for ABC iView called Halal Girls, and she's an associate producer at West Words. Haja performed this story at Mudgee Readers Festival, and then again in Sydney at Giant Wharf. My name is Haja El Osi. I never use my last name. It's the name of my father and comes from a tribe I simply have no connection to. It's also always met with gobsmacked, fearful eyes choking on several alternative pronunciations that they know are all wrong. But I decided to use it today. I am an Iraqi Australian woman with a fluid sexuality. I am a creative human, a writer, aspiring actress, performer, arts worker, and most of all, I am proud of all the intersections of my identity. I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney, and at 19, moved out to the inner west, as you do. (laughs) I had no hesitations dating women immediately, and ended up on a date with a woman in Newtown. She sat in front of me as we ate our dumplings, Her neat blonde hair slicked back nicely. In her early 20s, a tote bag on her side and Doc Martens on her feet, she was a Newtown girl. (laughs) Let us call her Liv. Each dumpling Liv pulled up to her mouth sat perfectly between her chopsticks with not a single falter. Meanwhile, I had a soy sauce stain on my jeans and had dropped a pair of chopsticks on the floor in the first five minutes. Once we were done, she placed her chopsticks on her clean plate and gestured swiftly at the waiter for the bill. The waiter picked our plates up, but the puddle of soy sauce that laid in the center of mine spilled all over him. The waiter muttered something under his breath and gave me a threatening look as he trudged off. Before I had time to be embarrassed, Liv had already dragged me in front of a butcher that happened to be open at nine o'clock at night and have a bouncer out the front asking for our IDs. (laughs) Hey, you know it, you know it. (laughs) But I didn't. What is this girl gonna do with me and should I run, I said to myself. But she held my hand and pulled me in. Noticing my wide-eyed sweep of the place, she explained, It's a speakeasy bar. We grabbed our drinks and sat down, and I strained to get a word in over the loud music. I thought speakeasy bars were supposed to be easy to speak in. (laughs) She laughed at me and called me funny, but my eyebrow raise at the speaker above us stopped her flirting. Speakeasy is a hidden bar, like from 
prohibition era. <laughs> my eyebrow raise switched from the speaker to her. Bitch, don't talk to me like I'm dumb. <laughs> I grew up with prohibition laws enacted in my Muslim family home my entire life. <laughs> and I still can't stand wine. But thanks for exposing me to this world. And can we kiss, please? <laughs> so we did. She told me of her life growing up living on top of a post office in the Southern Highlands. I told her of my life moving from one place to another across Western Sydney and the schools I attended where the students destroyed classrooms and the teachers cried in class. <clears throat> then she told me about how she went to study Middle Eastern history, politics, French and Arabic in France as soon as she left school, <laughs> trying to figure out what the Middle East was and why a place from the region was always on the news, had fascinated her for years. That's when I asked her to marry me, please. <laughs> At which she laughed. That night, I learnt I was funny and that butchers could be bars. <laughs> it was pleasant and sweet and I had a massive crush. Since I was 14, I've been obsessed with Middle Eastern history and politics and could never find anyone to talk to about the subject, curiously. Well, at least not anyone that was interested. But lo and behold, here sat before me a live fellow human obsessed, and I was not letting this one go. I was in my writing mentor, Felicity Castagna's car, on the way back from teaching a writing workshop together, and told her about this date. Once I finished the story, I looked over at her. She had a big grin on her face and laughed at me. So that story wasn't supposed to be you coming out to me? I froze and rewinded in my head. Without realizing, I had added myself as a gay and was far more concerned about the hidden bar than the fact that my crush was a woman. So, before you look at me and wonder what my actual coming out story was, I'm going to stop you. I have no coming out story. I don't remember a moment in my life where I have not had a crush on a woman. In year four, it was Helen who moved schools and left me sad and alone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In year five and half of year six, it was Wanique who I would be with most days at after-school care and in the holidays for vacation care. We would make skits together and boss around the younger kids, but then she left and left me sad and alone too. All right, just stop. <laughs> I knew. I always knew. But what I didn't know is that there was this underground hipster culture in Newtown where butchers could be bars and that when something was called speak easy, it wasn't introvert friendly. <laughs> and that I was terrible at using chopsticks. And that was my biggest tragedy. I had grown up reading about worlds you could enter through wardrobes, walls you could run into to get to the train station that takes you to magic school, a family that lived in a lighthouse and had bizarre magical adventures <laughs> on the regular. A girl with an eye on the tip of her finger whose surname happens to be Eyefinger. Three orphan kids with a large inheritance who were being chased by an evil count through all their various foster homes. A big friendly giant who kidnapped, then befriended a little girl. A boy who never grows up and lives in a place called Neverland. And a giant cat that transforms a pair of siblings' dull date. 
But when I finally got out into the world, an underground hipster culture was what shocked me the most. <laughs> well, the one thing all those fantastical and nonsensical stories did help me with is my writing practice. I currently write my own folklore pieces and am writing a play written in the style of a fairy tale but set in suburban Sydney. Here is a little piece of the opening of that play. In a land called Straya. In a town called Auburn. On top of a gold jewelry store cleverly named Abu Hashim's Gold Jewelry Store. There lived an Iraqi family. Karar, or Abu Hashim, and his wife Yusur, or Um Hashim, moved to Straya in the age of the 90s to flee a villainous ruler. But we don't talk about that time. In Straya, they were blessed with three children. Their first and only son was Hashim. But we don't talk about him. Their youngest daughter was Neda, and their eldest daughter was Noor. Now, Noor wasn't just any Noor. Noor was special. For when Noor was born, all adored her. One look at the child, and all were entranced. But to the discerning eye, more lurked beneath the surface. From the day she was born, she bore the strongest armor her ancestral lineage possessed. Deception. However, there was one problem. Noor's entrancing aura worked on all but one. Her sister, Neda. Well, actually two. Neda and their brother, Hashim. But we don't talk about him. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so we can spread the word about these stories. Follow Queer Stories on Facebook for event updates and for gay shit and late night ramblings, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.